Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and I'll be hosting a special live broadcast tonight on 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is here tonight to talk about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so make a note of this number, 859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, so this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to 760 WJR. Good evening, everyone. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical show here on 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Welcome, Dr. Collender. Always a pleasure to have you informing patients of what they need to know. And listeners, welcome, Siobhan, in Miami, Florida. And you have a caller for us already. Yeah, we have Greg from Shelby on the line. Greg, what's your question? Mr. Positive. Hey, thanks for taking my call, you guys. Hey, Dr. Collender and the All-Star crew. Do you think COVID is the reason for the rise of our mental health issues that is going on right now? Well, thanks, Greg. Um, COVID is a definite contributor and uh, because obviously COVID created a lot of stress for everybody. Um, but I want to say the underlying issues were already there which is a lack of attention to early diagnosis of people at risk for any mental health disease, even if it's anxiety. So um, a lack of coverage by insurance carriers to mental health disorders of any kind and a lack of treatment for people with severe um, mental health disorders. So this has been an ongoing problem for decades that only get worse coverage by insurance carriers, I don't say, but a lot of them pay less and less for mental health, which drives people into these, you know, I'm going to call them psychiatric pill mills. And um, so healthcare in this country is a disaster. Um, and COVID just created, uh, you know, a boiling point for anxiety. And, and now we're you know, you can't get a therapist if your life dependent on it right now. And Dr. Collender, I got to jump in. You mentioned the psychiatric pill mills. Let's go a little bit deeper into that. What exactly is that? Is that just anesthetizing patients and not treating them? Well, if you're not able to, you know, everyone knows I'm everyone. I've talked about on the show that I'm a fan of psychoanalysis. I've gone through a few years of psychoanalysis. God knows I need more, but, um, you know, so I'm a huge fan of analysis. Um, but most people don't have access to analysis. It's and, hard to find an analyst. How right. About that? And, um, well, analysis is another level beyond just going to a therapist too. Right. So, I mean, that's a more intensive. 
It's it's very position. intensive, and unfortunately, because so few analysts are available, that and also the process of analysis is so time consuming, it becomes expensive based on the amount of time it takes. Um, it's uh, I used to think of it as a luxury, but it's absolutely not a luxury. It wasn't for me. Um, I felt that uh, I needed to save my family, and it turned into. Uh, opening up all these doors for me because now my mind was free to um, take on challenges that I would never have done before analysis. Okay, let me jump in here because obviously the question started with Greg from Shelby. We wanted to talk about the side effects of the COVID experience and causing uh, psychiatric problems or depression or whatever. But I think we really need to let the listener know and qualify the difference between psychoanalysis and psychotherapy because there's a major difference between the two. Dr. Collins, well, I'll leave it up yeah. to you. So unfortunately now, because there's so little access to like a real MD, DO, psychiatrist, um, there are um, layers of, of um, you know, we'll call them, you know, extenders, physician extenders who are, um, recommending treatments for which a psychiatrist might be prescribing for multiple physician extenders. And so the same forces... Wait, I got to jump in here. What do you mean by a physician extender? What is that? Well, again, I, I'm, I'm saying like a, a, a PA-type person. So you're talking about a psychiatrist, like, MD, a social who's, worker. who's practicing, and the, the PA, the physician assistant, is acting in place of the MD who should be seeing the patient and right. who's not. But in a psychiatric clinic, that person's going to be, the extender is going to be a social worker or a psychology, you know, masters or a, you know, somebody who doesn't have the level of training and they, and they can't write a prescription. So they work for a company who's feeding the, the doctor who writes prescriptions and also what's happened is, unfortunately, you know, I don't know if this is good or bad, but the diagnoses for certain diseases have been expanded, specifically bipolar 2. The, 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 that diagnosis has expanded to include a lot of people. And I want to say that's pharma-driven because... Oh, that's no, absolutely, totally right. pharma-driven. It's I mean, not maybe, it is. Right. And if you, again, I'm going to bring up DopeSick again. These pharma companies convince the FDA to change the, the, the diagnosis codes to fit the drug that they make. And so now everybody's bipolar. And again, I'm not saying that if you're bipolar, you shouldn't be or misdiagnosed and you're on the wrong drugs, but a lot of people are being put on other drugs because they don't have the time with a therapist to do some talk therapy, which is very helpful and is being missed now. This is absolutely Absolutely awful. Anyway, we'll need to come back and talk about this on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here tonight with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent or reverse disease, please call us at 800 859 you're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live weekly medical show on 760 WJR. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician in Birmingham, Michigan. 
As a recognized leader in the field of catastrophic disease prevention, including heart attacks, stroke, diabetes, and many chronic conditions, he's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. Through advanced and more sophisticated diagnostic technology, we're now able to arrest and reverse the progress of these silent killers. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, before the break, you were talking about these waste paper basket diagnoses of psychiatric disorders, especially bipolar, that everybody's getting thrown into that bucket. Well, I don't want to discount people who have bipolar too, especially as a wastebasket diagnosis. The point we were making, we made this very well on Facebook, is there should be screening for mental health issues like in middle school. Why isn't there? Because this country sucks, you know. Okay, and, other and, than that. <laughs> and everybody just wants to write a prescription, you know, because if you catch people early and stop diseases – then all the pharma misses these opportunities for all these expensive bipolar drugs. Mm-hmm. So, And pretty just, pathetic also to think about the young kids who just because they're hyperactive are diagnosed as, as they're, they're put on Ritalin for being, you know, too hyperactive. Whatever, ADHD, whatever, whatever. it is, I mean, everybody should be screened and this would be How a great... How about screened properly? Right, of course. And this would be a great opportunity to identify people at risk for teenage suicide and give people proper treatment early on and give the parents education about how to raise a kid. And, you know, one of the things I've learned is, you know, when your child is acting up and has issues, behavioral issues, the one that needs to go to therapy isn't the kid. It's the The parent. parent. Yes. You know, I mean, that's what I did. I mean, not that I've got problem children, but you know, I've, I'm the problem is what I learned. You know, the parents are the problem. And that's, that's what we, you know, everyone's like, oh, my kids in therapy, they're crazy. No, you're crazy. The parent is, you need therapy. And oh, that's, that's a radical what, departure of American missing. thought. That's a total well, radical me, departure. I, Go I ahead, Siobhan. I have a Siobhan. question along these lines. So you said proper screening, and I'm curious how you define that. Because, for example, you know, I searched in Florida here for a psychiatrist first time. I hadn't gone to therapy before. And, you know, of course, you have the first appointment, and it's one of those where it's the psychiatrist that oversees some therapists. But it felt to me like it was sort of a checklist of questions, you know, like, okay, do you fall into the mania category or the bipolar? And it as someone that's just gone on Google before, I mean, it seems kind of odd that the que- I'm being asked questions that I have seen on Google, and I'm like, how is that screening? That's just kind of asking me, do I think that I fall into these categories? That's sort pretty pathetic that they're asking you whether well, you think you fit into a category. That's the doctor's yeah. diagnosis. I mean, I've got to admit here that we're outside of my area of expertise, and and part of this is someone that knows how to screen properly, as you said, Amory, mm-hmm. needs to create screening programs to properly screen, you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers for issues that may not come up for a few years. And it just needs to be part of the of, of the standard. You cannot ask a nine or ten question um form and know someone and know what to do. It's not enough. Because mm-hmm. we're missing people. Absolutely. And it's just really a sort of a pathetic situation to be in. And also I want to mention that doctors now are not going into the practice of psychiatry and there's many reasons why not. But we'll take our callers first of all. Siobhan? Yeah. So at first we have Melissa in Ann Arbor. Melissa, what's your question? Um, 
It's not a question. It's actually a, um, it's just a comment. I just wanted the physician um, just to maybe um, clarify. I'm a clinical social worker. I don't find myself to be any sort of extender. Um, I'm definitely able to assess if somebody needs to be referred for meds, and I work very closely with psychiatrists and internists to choose the right med. We work as a team, um, not on any sort of extended level, a very, very crucial part of the team. And with our mental health crisis, I think it's really important the listeners see that you can be a very, very competent therapist, being a master's level social worker, which I am, um, and being a master's level psychologist or a PhD psychologist or a psych RN. Um, these people have been crucial in helping a lot of these people um, with their mental health issues. So I don't know if I misinterpreted it, but I was just thinking if I was a listener, I might be, ooh, like, I don't want to go see a social worker. And we, you know, social workers are wonderful. I'm not biased. We, I've been doing psychotherapy for years. So. Okay, here's what I'm going to jump in and tell you. First of all, Anybody who's writing a prescription in this country for a psychiatric disorder or has a prescription pad in front of them needs to have the initials MD or DO after their name. The problem in this country is psychiatrists get this band of merry men that are, not that you're unable to uh, do therapy, we give you all the kudos for being able to see people, but the prescription pads should be totally out of your hands. And the psychiatrist needs to take the responsibility as a medical doctor when you are prescribing serious, and I mean serious, psychotropic medications. Let's keep the non-MDs out of that business because that's what the MDs are getting paid to do. And they should be a board-certified psychiatrist. Dr. Collender. And, and I thank you for calling again because you're, you, you, there are, there's a great need for people to do, you know, the work Supportive that you're doing. So, right. And so, um, you know, what, what we're talking about are the people that are suffering from polypharmacy, um, you know, that are on six, seven psychotropic drugs um, and it's really ruining their lives and they're not doing any better. And that's the problem. And again, the original call is what does this do with the COVID? And, you know, we are on the same team. So I'm not, I'm not telling the listeners not to go get therapy. I am, I'm in, I'm in an analysis. I'm all about everyone should have a therapist. I'm all for that. What we're against is polypharmacy. And there's a process in place in a lot of clinics where polypharmacy is the norm. And that's what we're really not a fan of. Um, so, you know, I'm, a, I'm all about screening for mental health issues early and applying um, you know, mental psychotherapy early to help people and avoid polypharmacy if it's possible. That's our fight. It's not against health, mental health care. We're all for it. Um, just not against polypharmacy. And thank you for calling. You're not, you not against call. polypharmacy. No, 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 we are against polypharmacy. You're totally, we're totally yeah. against it. We, and we need not, to keep the we, prescription pads away from non-qualified, right. non-MD practitioners. And the MD psychiatrists, they need to get up and see the patient that they're signing off on these prescription pads for. Because there are too many young people who are getting over-pharmacized, whatever you want to call it, but they're getting way too many medications. 
Agree. Okay, fine. Do we have another caller? Yeah, we have have another caller. So let's go next to David in Windsor. David, what's your question? Yes, my question for Dr. Collinger is this. When a person is wanting to go and volunteer at a place like a hospital to play, entertain musically, and treat and look at that as a job, and yet they can't because what they're afraid of COVID, and they've been bending away from it for so long, would not trigger off some type of depression in their lives because they haven't been doing it for 36 months, and would it cause a great deal of clinical depression in the long run, and wouldn't and wouldn't that warrant a psychiatrist to go along with that? What can you suggest about these types of things? You know, I I mean, again, I'm I'm just kind of jumping in here, and we're out of my area of expertise, but um, I you know I'm what I'm hearing is a little PTSD you know, from just the trauma of COVID. And again, our original call is, you know, all of these COVID experiences are in a way PTSD that need therapists to help people deal with them. So I would tell this person, David, to definitely go get therapy. Again, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. Go get it. All right. Well, in the meantime, we've got to take a quick break. Again, you are listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you ought to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We're fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Coming back, Siobhan, you have a caller. Well, we had a question on the Facebook live stream over the break. So Danielle's asking about Dr. Collender's thoughts on um, the ability to be just naturally immune to COVID. You know, she's saying she's been exposed to people multiple times, been sick, never tested positive. What do you think about that? Well, you know, there's no attention being placed to natural immunity. And the thought at one point was that 15% of the population is just immune to COVID. Yeah, and uh, now we're learning, we talked about this last week, that prior exposure to COVID does uh, give immunity to every strain. So, you know, a month ago, two months ago, I I was saying that Omicron has achieved immune escape and vaccination or, or prior exposure did not provide immunity. And I think that's now been proved wrong. Um, there's an article in the New England Journal of Medicine. Um, so natural immunity continues to be ignored completely in policy decisions about what to do about vaccina- about vaccines moving forward. Um, so, you know, at this point, probably 95% of the population is either naturally immune or has achieved natural immunity from prior exposure, and and then the, everyone else has been vaccinated. So 
the questions really should have been asked of, do we need to do anything else? Um, you know, I, I want to defer to my, you know, who I'm learning about COVID lately. Again, this uh, Dr. John Campbell has a YouTube channel. Um, and currently he's doing uh, shows from Africa and Uganda. And Uganda, COVID's gone. And they have, they have, they had no vaccination program and the pandemic is over there and they've just allowed people to get COVID develop natural immunity and it's gone. And when you hear about low vaccine uh, countries who, for whom COVID is over and highly vaccinated countries who are still dealing with COVID, you know, the concepts of um, our immune system being targeted to the wrong brands of COVID, leaving us uh, more at risk, have to be drawn into question. Now, I don't want to say that AED really exists, but uh, again, because we're not supposed to, we need to try to be uh, conscious of the YouTube, you know, COVID misinformation rules, which are new, but there's no question that some countries with low vaccination rates, just COVID is gone. And again, we can say that about here. And I want to also warn you know, just advise the listeners like I advise my patients. They're asking me, which vaccine should I get for Omicron? And it's very difficult for me to make a recommendation when the Pfizer bivalent Omicron um, vaccine and the Moderna bivalent Omicron vaccine have had zero human studies and they've been FDA approved and approved for emergency use. Um, I really cannot recommend a drug that has had no human studies. So I feel forced to recommend for my, you know, 75 year and older group, the Novavax brand. And I don't even know where they get it because I'm pretty sure the government didn't buy any Novavax. So it's, it's hard to find. Um, this is he, what you're recommending for your elderly patients well, that are asking you whether or not they should have a booster. My elderly patients want to get vaccinated. Um, you know, anybody else, I give them a little more of the look. There's no data on these these vaccines. There's no data on the current uh, of the strains. So Novavax improved the antibody response in humans to Omicron BA four and five. So they've got that going for them. But the, um, but the Pfizer and the Moderna uh, vaccines have only had mice studies. So I just can't make a recommendation on those when they're only based on mouse studies and have had no human studies. The human studies will start when you all get vaccinated. Right. I mean, talk about, I mean, that's being a guinea pig. They're going to figure out if this works after they give it to you. So good luck with that. Mm-hmm. And especially when you hear about, again, countries that have no vaccine, don't have no vaccine program, COVID's gone. Mm-hmm. So you make whatever you want out of that. I'm not going to postulate it again because I can't on YouTube. But um, those are facts that you've got to justify on your own. Well, when you mention, you know, a place like Africa or different countries there, I imagine that also the the diet or just the general lifestyle probably plays a huge role in that not eating processed foods 
I mean, I just don't think they're subjected to some of the same toxins and probably general level of inflammation that we all suffer from, wouldn't you say? Just well, basic health. It it may be, and again, we're we're going to not speculate just because you you've been off traveling collecting okay, uh, okay. Wait, collecting. I won't make it that's okay. about to make he's about right. to make an announcement right. for you. Go ahead. You're busy collecting platinum records. We've been we've been on the show. So um Congratulations. So, Thank you. Yeah, so we have a platinum uh recording artist uh Siobhan Cronin on the show now. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, plat- Thanks to Starset. Yeah, so right. um it's it, yeah, so it's I'm I'm just not really recommending the Pfizer and the Moderna because they have no data to support using them at this time. Um no human data. Uh and and the Novavax, it doesn't have anything worth talking about. It's just uh, antibody results. So when you hear about these other countries, you just go, what's the use? Meaning... Are people aware that there is no human data on this? Is this common knowledge? No. No. Because the that's not being um, reported. Uh, in fact, again, I get this information from Dr. John Campbell, who's dug up this one piece of information that is uh, probably off the website, but he has it off of the FDA website that showed, that said, um, this has been studied in mice. Uh, and in mice, the, the vaccines raise the antibody levels. So if that's what you want to go on, go ahead. You know, it's buyer beware. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, you know, again, we're dealing with a vaccine or a, a virus right now that um, pretty much, in my opinion, is a common cold. Yeah, it's rather weak. So therefore, people need not worry about it. Well, the, only, the only time they need to worry about it is whether they need it to get on a plane and get out of here, right? Well, speak of the devil, you know, <laughs> we're, a lot of European countries, including France, have now eliminated all COVID-related restrictions. Doesn't mean they won't come back. But today, you can pretty much travel anywhere in the world mm-hmm. without a COVID, any information about having had COVID, vaccinated for COVID, testing for COVID. Um, only in the United States, if you are from another country, you cannot come to the United States without being vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, this place is a joke in terms of medicine. In terms of healthcare. the United States is just an outright embarrassment. Well, how do we turn it around well, after that solemn note? We're trying to. And, you know, we're trying to. First, we're educating people. Well, people need people. to be aware. You're right. Education. We're educating people, you know, and the other thing, I had a thought, but, um, you know, it's it's people need to be educated about what is available, what they can do, but and that's what we're doing. And, hope, you know, I can't wait for our next uh, YouTube notice that this show's been taken off the <laughs> Don't air. Don't say so, that, please. You know, listen carefully. Let's stick with it. You're the only one that's telling the right, truth here right. on the air about what people need to do. All right. Well, in the meantime, we're going to have to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subjects we're discussing and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly, Please call us at 800-859-0957. This is your chance, America, to talk to the doctor directly. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on 760 WJR. 
on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call at 800-859-0957. Again, it's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, where do you want to start this final segment? I guess Ashley has an explanation of what happened to her. If you wish. Okay, go ahead. Ashley, tell us what happened about about COVID. Oh, COVID. Okay. So um, I had COVID about three times. The first time I had um, all the symptoms. The last two times, I didn't really have any symptoms. I was almost like unaware of it. Um, and I tested negative in like an at-home test, but the PCR was positive. And then I've also been boosted and I started experiencing migraines, which I've never experienced before um, oh, wow. after COVID and um, the vaccine and stuff. And I almost had them like consistently almost every single day. So... Yeah, that was... (laughs) I mean, migraines are no fun, and that's no question about that. And unfortunately, we just don't know what to attribute because, and we talked about this on the break, is that the FDA has buried all of the data related to outcomes from the vaccine, meaning side effects. And so they started to release it earlier in the year, and the numbers of deaths and significant neurological uh, complications from the vaccine I found were staggering. And that was at the beginning of the vaccine rollout when only a few million doses were released and, and it stopped. So, you know, if, if, if it needs to be buried, that means there's something to bury and why this information isn't being made public is a travesty and generates all this distrust in science. And, you know, this isn't, sorry, I know we have a caller, but this is another um, thing I want to talk about is, um, again, through my source on YouTube, Dr. John Campbell, Lancet came out with an article about an investigation to the sources of COVID. And they were even implicating in Lancet that there may be research institutions doing COVID research in the United States. And the NIH is also not being forthcoming about the origins of the of the COVID pandemic. So it's not just China's burying their data in Wuhan. It's literally the data is being buried in the United States. And it's important to new, learn about this because the next pandemic may kill a billion people. So if we really want to care about helping America, the world people and not about Uh, lining our pockets with vaccine money, we need to figure out how this thing started, you know, what happened, not so that we can penalize somebody, but to stop it from happening again. Mm -hmm. We need to understand the etiology of the disease. So we have, do we have a caller, Siobhan? Yeah. So we have a Jean from Windsor on the line. Jean, what's your question? Uh, I would like to ask the doctor. I went uh, shopping, uh, couple times and all of a sudden when I went to speak to uh, one of the persons there at the cash I heard her talking and all of a sudden I just heard I just looked at her and she was just babbling and that happened to me twice already and I just couldn't understand what she was saying and 
I just felt a little, uh, I don't know, maybe just uh, a little disturbed at that moment, you know. And I was just wondering if uh, if he could uh, answer my question. Well, I have a question for you, Jane. What do you think yes. happened? I I don't know. Okay. Don't well, know uh, well. To me twice. Okay. Well, th- thank you for calling. Stay on. Um, you know, so you know, I would interpret that symptom as a transient ischemic attack. You know, a TIA which is a warning sign for a stroke. Um, so you need to seek medical attention quickly. I wouldn't say this is an emergency. Go do it like run to the emergency room because you won't be seen for 15 hours if you go to Beaumont. But um, Oh, she's in Windsor. She's, she's in, in Windsor. Different. Oh, God, yeah. you're, you're in trouble. <laughs> Not necessarily, well, you but gotta, go ahead. Well, get in line for national the national. So... You need to, you know, at the very least, you know, get on a, a medicine. You need to be well, on a cholesterol medicine. You need to be seen. So you need to go call your doctor and get in ASAP and get evaluated for risk of having a stroke. All right. We need to move on. Thank you for calling and good yeah, luck. Good that she called. Yes, wow, good, good luck. luck to Absolutely. Her, yeah. uh, we have another caller. Yeah. So before we run out of time, we have Kay in Detroit on the line. Kay, what's your question? Yes, I have a question for the doctor. I really appreciate your candor and your honesty. Um, I lost a loved one uh, a couple years back, and the coroner said that the plaque that caused his sudden cardiac arrest could have been there for about 15 years. Can they date that kind of thing, or what what was he meaning by that? Um, Let me ask you, how old was the person who passed? 58. Okay. Very, very healthy. All right. Well, so that's not true. Not healthy, um, yeah. So someone like that with no prior history, when they drop dead of a heart attack, it's from plaque rupture. And what that means is plaque that is not blocking flow ruptures, like a pimple rupturing or a volcano. And your body responds to that injury inside your artery by forming a plaque a clot, like a, like a, a, a blood clot and the platelets that form a clot block your artery that happens in minutes. So, yeah. And it's so, yeah, that's a, that's minutes. So, uh, unfortunately, um, this person w- had inflamed arteries. Um, they had unidentified risk by, you know, by traditional measures and, there probably was up again is what unfortunately is passed, but for other people in the listeners, this is an unnecessary death. Um, all, all everyone should be, have access to preventative services to identify their risk and put a plan into action to prevent what is a totally preventable uh, disease and event. So I'm sorry for your loss, but that is not 15 years that happened in 10 minutes. Yes, that's true. But I mean, as he, the, the disease process started a long time ago, the the actual dying might have taken ten minutes. But well, the the mechanisms in place can go on for for decades, but that doesn't mean the plaque was building to a point where it narrowed and caused a critical stenosis. Critical stenoses doesn't do not cause sudden death. So yes, the opportunity to identify 
Did he have sleep apnea? Did he have insulin resistance? Did he have a lipid disorder? Did he have a genetic disorder? All those things could have been identified 10 years ago and stopped what happened. But the actual event occurred in a plaque that was not blocking flow because he had no symptoms, and that subclinical plaque ruptured and killed him. That isn't a 10-minute thing. Well, the most important thing is that all the listeners and all the patients out there need to know that they need to be proactive. They need to know what tests they need. They need to get preventative tests. You all need to find a doctor wherever who specializes in prevention. Otherwise, this type of disaster is going to continue to happen. And unfortunately, it's incumbent upon all of you to take the lead and find the right doctor. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention, for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Thanks also to my co-host, Siobhan Cronin in Miami. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7, for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to 760 WJ.